Should you build an indie business on top of OpenAI? Absolutely. It's not in OpenAI's interest to build niche solutions that compete with indie hacker startups. It's in their interest to enable them. Welcome to the Bootstrap Founder. Today, we dispel a myth about building AI startups. This episode is sponsored by Acquire.com. That's a place where you can actually sell your AI startup. More on that later. Now, let's get into the topic of the day. The community is caught up currently in a strange back and forth between look at all these amazing opportunities that OpenAI offers and don't build. OpenAI is just going to make your startup evaporate. Those are the two extremes. And if you're an indie hacker and you wonder which of these is actually helpful and actionable for your journey, well, I'll try to help clear things up here today. Let's start with the elephant in the room, the wrapper. Everyone is talking about just how short-sighted it was to build a business on wrapping OpenAI interfaces into a standalone SaaS app or something. It, and I think they're right. If your business success is predicated on making it slightly cheaper to access what OpenAI offers or slightly easier, you're in trouble. They can and do change pricing and their UI and access restrictions and interfaces at any point. That lack of control, that's a severe business risk. And you should know that when you build only a wrapper. And with OpenAI's recent release of features that threaten some businesses, such as chat with this PDF kind of services, well, it does raise the question of whether it is a good idea to build a business on top of OpenAI, a wrapper, or anything at all, right? Well, how do we learn about this? Well, let's look at what people like Damon Chen, the founder of PDF.ai, has to say about this, because his business should be massively impacted by that change, if the developer community is to be believed. So, he seems to be doing just fine, though. He says OpenAI's updates excite developers, PDF AI's updates excite customers. We are not the same. And I think he's right. This is why the whole debate is so problematic. It focuses on the technical details, but completely ignores the idea of customer inertia. When customers find a product that reliably solves their specific problem in itself a very specific way, well, they don't jump ship towards a more generic implementation easily, particularly when your customers are not technical people. If for a few dollars a month, I get an up-to-date version of something that I would have to build, maintain, and budget for myself, well, why would I then even look at that platform and not just pay the money and take the thing? And even technical customers, they don't just churn from a tool that was built specifically for their purposes. Look at how many specialist hosting providers exist for web apps, right? If it was just about saving the most money, every single person would host on AWS. But in reality, people have different preferences. They want more than a generic platform. It's like saying that AWS is destroying startups because they make it so easy to host things there yourself. It comes with a lot of extra work, and some people do not want to do that platform work. They want to buy off the shelf. And that's the core aspect that I'm missing from this whole OpenAI kills startups conversation. It is not in OpenAI's interest to do this, particularly as these, I guess, imaginarily dead startups, they wouldn't even exist without OpenAI in the first place. As more capabilities and capacities are being added to platforms, more businesses spring up around them. And sure, some of them fail, but it's probably more competition and product market fit related than anything else. OpenAI, they just can't handle the complexity of building a specific solution. 
Sure, they have PDF introspection now, but will they also be building bulk PDF imports or white-labeled PDF embeds or an externalized API to chat with a particular kind of PDF through a REST interface? Of course they won't. Their core business is training and selling access to large language models, and that's what they'll keep doing. This is where focused solutions come into play, and that's where indie hackers come into play. These solutions take the generic API of the platform, and they use it to construct something tailored to the well-understood needs of professionals. These aren't wrappers. These are the businesses that actually survive changes in OpenAI. Not only that, every time OpenAI makes things easier, these businesses start to flourish even more. Banu Teja of SiteGPT said it best. He said, no more spending time trying to manage embeddings and providing context from these embeddings. We spend a ton of time building this in-house. Now everything is about to become a simple parameter in an API call. We can delete a lot of our custom code now. That's awesome. That's a great business result. Founders like him, with a reasonable grasp on AI, have understood that if you build a business on top of such a powerful dependency, you don't just get ChatGPT, you get leverage and you get data. Think about it. If you're helping people write, let's say, bridesmaid speeches, starting with a few notes and stories and ending with a customer-approved speech, what do you have? You have assets. You have captured a magical transformation from idea to tangible speech. And for every customer who makes such a speech, you can add a new record into your database. Over time, you can then use more AI internally to learn what good speeches are made of, what this process looks like. Oh, and you also have all the bad speeches that your customers didn't like. You have insights into styles and topics that resonate negatively. And this is also valuable information. And nobody has this but you. And you may not control the means of production, you don't have the AI, it's not yours, but you own the ingredients, the recipe, and the finished product. And meanwhile, with every new customer for your AI business, you're building an audience around your expertise as a problem solver, both personally and as a business person. These relationships persist through any ups and downs that your particular business might have. With people who sign up for your business, you control the means of communication. Every new customer adds to your reach, even if you just pass through their API calls to OpenAI. And if your product works, they will talk to their equally AI-curious peers. It's not just ChatGPT. Even the wrappers are powerful leverage generators. So how about we all calm down a little in this conversation? Of course, there's no guarantee that your business won't be impacted by any future changes within OpenAI. The platform risk is clear, and the speed of development that happens in this company in particular can make your product potentially irrelevant in a few months, if you don't offer more than just slightly easier access to OpenAI. But if you're quick at building features and getting feedback from your users, you will use these innovative new AI tools to build special interest startups that people have never seen before because they weren't possible. Just look at features like this GPT-4 Turbo with its increased token limits. There are so many things that are now possible that were once difficult, expensive, or just impossible. You can ingest hours worth of podcast transcripts, for example. And from there, you can build products for podcasters, for listeners, for publishers, for audio professionals, you name it. There's a lot that can be done now. And none of these people 
that I just mentioned. They want to log into to the OpenAI console and manually write a prompt. They all want well-integrated tools. And for those founders with a low risk tolerance, well, consider generative AI tooling as a feature, maybe not the core of your product. Use OpenAI as an additional component to your offering. Many startups are using OpenAI without solely relying on it, which I guess is pretty smart, because this way your business strategy won't be derailed by quick changes in the AI platform. You can also diversify. OpenAI isn't the only platform and the only language model out there. If you abstract this in building your, your product, you can have other and different kinds of models that you even might be able to host yourself. There is a lot of potential variety. And if you have a high appetite for risk as a business owner, you can build products using OpenAI tools and then try to monetize them very quickly. Tony Dean did this with Typing Mind. He built a model agnostic interface that interacts with many different platforms and offers several convenience features. Will it last? Maybe. It's just a UI for GPT and the likes, and that's all it was ever meant to be. But it's a buy-once-use-forever product, and that is by design. He doesn't want to run this for 20 years, but there is a need in the market, he found it, he solved it with the product. Can it evaporate? Sure. But he still monetized it. And these specialized and well-scoped tools, they can and will cater to particular needs that general-purpose tools that OpenAI puts out there just cannot address. So if you build a tool that solves a specific problem for a certain type of user, your business still has a chance to compete with the platform itself because they would need to support every kind of user anyway. They can't look at just that one user that you support. So should you build with, on, and around OpenAI? As an indie hacker, I'm excited by the technology. It's a great enabler. So I would say yes. But we need to create tools that use AI to make our lives more interesting and easier and improve how we learn from each other. So if you want to build a tool today, consider OpenAI. Again, if you're risk averse, don't build on top of it exclusively. See it as a service that you can use to add value, add features for your customers in ways that you've already been doing without AI, but now do it much better. And if you enjoy the wild ride of cutting edge tech, make OpenAI your core dependency, but quickly build features that the platform will never have the incentive to create. Things like industry-specific data transformations or workflow integrations that are really nitty-gritty. It's not what OpenAI cares about, but you can do this and your customers will thank you for it. In either case, show that you want to solve a very specific problem for specific people. Make them care about your product beyond just the magic of GPT. Because that's how your business stays alive when OpenAI announces the next big thing. And that's it for today. I want to briefly thank my sponsor, Acquire.com. Imagine this. You're a founder who's built a really solid SaaS product, maybe with some AI stuff in there. You acquired customers, and it's generating all this really consistent monthly recurring revenue. That's the SaaS indie hacker's dream, right? The problem is, you're not growing for whatever reason. Maybe it's a lack of focus or a lack of skill or just a plain lack of interest. You don't really care that much about the tool anymore. You feel stuck in the business. Well, what should you do? 
The story that everybody wants to hear is that you really got back into it. You buckled down, reignited the fire, started working on the business, not just in the business. And then you do these things that you never really wanted to do. Marketing, sales, outreach. But they work. And six months down the road, you made all that money. You've tripled your revenue and everything is super successful. A lot of applause is happening. <laughs> well, reality is unfortunately not that simple. And the situation that you might find yourself in here is different for every founder who's facing this particular crossroad. But too many times, the story here ends up being one of inaction and stagnation until the business itself becomes less and less valuable or, at worst, completely worthless. And nobody really wants that for their business. So if you find yourself here already, or you think your story is likely headed down a similar road, I would consider a third option, and that is selling your business on acquire.com. Because capitalizing on the value of your time today as a founder, as a maker, somebody who can make stuff, is a pretty smart move. And you can do that through acquire. It's free to list. They've helped hundreds of founders already. Go to try.acquire.com slash Arvid and see for yourself if this is the right option for you. Thank you for listening to the Bootstrap Founder today. You can find me on Twitter at Avid Kahl, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L. You find my books and my Twitter course there too. If you want to support me in this show, and I would really appreciate that because I like getting supported and this show should also be viewed and listened to by more people, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, get the podcast in your podcast player of choice, and leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. It makes a massive difference if you show up there because then the podcast will show up in other people's feeds and that's where they can learn from it. Any of this will help the show. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day, and bye-bye.